What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. Joining me today for our weekly Thursday shows is Rob Stats Guerrera. How you doing today, Rob? Steph, I'm so pumped to be here with you. <laughs> um, we have to think of a show name, by the way. So if you guys have any ideas, drop them in the comments or, you know, on Twitter or whatever. But uh, yeah, it, it is Thursday, September 7th, and Nick Bosa woke up a richer man. The 49ers signed him to a record-breaking five-year, $170 million extension. And I'm just, I'm so happy that this is finally just done because it was clearly hanging over the 49ers heads you could hear it when the players talked about it and they were asked about it afterwards after practice it I mean I think it was Trent that said that it was definitely hanging over their heads and he'd be lying if if he said that it wasn't so I think it's a relief for everyone in the building to finally get this done um but Rob initial thoughts my initial thought was just thank God. I think you brought it up on your show with Jason on our network that the vibes for the Niners were just not good going into the season. It just it felt like things were off, like there was this cloud. Fred Warner heard the news yesterday and started screaming and running around the 49ers headquarters. Like he reacted the way I reacted. Exactly. Now, They're I just think, like us. <laughs> yes. I think the team needed this a little bit. They needed a little jolt of like, Swag, you know, like here we go. Bosa's coming off the plane in the middle of the night. I think they needed kind of the shot in the arm. They they did. I definitely agree. Well, to uh, joining us to talk about the extension in greater detail is 49ers cap Jason Hurley. He is the guru of all things 49ers cap. So if you have any questions, he is the guy to ask. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great. How are you two doing today? We're, we're feeling good. I mean, you could probably yeah. tell, like, uh, the vibes aren't 100 even for us. Uh, but, Jason, to this point, we don't have too many other details about this contract, despite what we heard is $122.5 million guarantee. Um, I mean, can you tell us what exactly that means? Because there's overall guarantees, and then there's, like, different types of guarantees, right? So, like, what does that even mean? Yeah, okay, so the $122.5 million that's guaranteed to Bosa is going to be a combination of fully guaranteed money, which is probably going to be over $90 million of it, and the rest will be guaranteed money that will become guaranteed on a certain date, likely April 1st of the season calendar of the league the league year and so what's the difference between uh like the fully guaranteed and uh you you just mentioned one of the other guarantees uh like injury overall. guarantees okay okay um yeah. yeah like what so what's the difference between that and how that impacts the cap um the fully guaranteed money is just basically what nick bosa is guaranteed to get and the rest of the money is as long as he stays healthy, he's going to see the money. Okay. I'm, I'm sure a, a big, uh, you know, point of this contract and maybe why it took so long. I don't, I don't know. We really don't know why it took so long, but 
maybe the average per year. And Jason, like you had pretty much predicted all throughout the offseason. I had you on an earlier show as well. And you you expected Nick Bosa to be in the 34 million range. And not just that, but you were pretty confident that even if he got that amount, the 49ers would still be in a good place uh, with their cap. Mm-hmm. So you you still feel that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much... 100% not concerned about 2024. I know a lot of people are talking about it like it's doomsday. But we haven't seen Bosa's structure, and we saw the restructures yesterday. My gut is telling me that they front-loaded Bosa's contract for this year. Meaning he didn't, the Niners don't save cap room. But if they had lowered his base salary, they would be at like 30 million under. Without the base salary um, lowered, they're probably going to be more in the 13 and a half million, which is still a lot of money. Okay, yeah, and, and for those of you who weren't aware, the 49ers freed up about $23 million of their 2023 cap space by restructuring Trent Williams and George Kittle's contract. You know, funny enough, me and Rob were literally talking about this on Tuesday when we did the Bully Ball pod together, and we were like, yeah, like George Kittle, if if down the line they have to make a decision on who is, is going to get, you know, let go at some point, we were like George Kittle, maybe Eric Armstead, but funny enough, it seems like with this restructure, it would suggest that George Kittle's probably going to be sticking around for quite a bit, as will Trent Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. My feeling is Kittle will be around at least through 2025. You could see an extension in 2025. We don't know yet, obviously. And Trent, yeah, I think... I'm having a hard time gauging what he might do and might not do. If they do win it all this year, maybe he retires. But if not, I still think he might play a couple more years, even if they win the Super Bowl. I mean, with this restructure, I would assume that they've maybe spoken with Trent Talk about, to him. Yeah, about his yeah. plans. Right? Yeah. If- as a guy that's thinking about retiring, you're not gonna maybe restructure that contract, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so, if, if yeah, if you're if you have the feeling that Trent's gonna retire, you're not gonna restructure the contract. Okay, and um, so the 2023 cap space, I I saw people suggest that oh maybe the 49ers aren't done maybe they have another move in mind like do you do you feel like that's a possibility as well or more likely that this is money they have into the season and maybe you know going to next season as well i think it's more in season and roll over to next year okay i don't think that i know some people have asked me about brian burns and i just It's hard to see them affording. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pipe dream. If there was no cap, yeah, sure, why not? You know, this isn't Major League Baseball where there is no salary (laughs) cap. Right. It'd be great. 
but no. I think I, they uh, – go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to jump you there. I have been one that has been saying, like, let's just celebrate. This is a good day. We yeah. can worry about things down the line, down the line. But I do look at the 49ers roster right now, and I see Nick Bosa is the highest-paid defensive end in the league. Christian McCaffrey is the highest-paid running back in the league. Kyle Juszczyk is the highest-paid fullback in the league. Fred Warner, I think, is the third highest inside linebacker in the league. Mm-hmm. Trent Williams, I think, is the third highest left tackle in the league in terms of average per year. Yeah. How sustainable is this kind of structure with your team? My philosophy on how, how sustainable this is, I have, I have a philosophy that when you restructure contracts, you restructure your core players. So players you feel are going to be there long-term. So let's talk about 2024 for just a minute. You look at it and people think it's doom and gloom, like I said earlier. But 2024, you can can save roughly $27.668 million by extending Drake Greenlaw, Eric Armstead, and Tarverius Ford. And then you can save over $15.8 million by restructuring Debo's contract. So right there, it makes it sustainable to keep going. Obviously, kicking it down the road, kick, kick, kicking the can down the road is not the best idea. It's risky. It's risky, but I fully believe that they're okay. They just... They need, like, they need to basically have 2024 be the last year that they're in this situation where they're restructured contracts. But the point to make about the three that I mentioned, Greenlaw, Ward, and Armstead, they all combined for over $20 million in dead money in 2025. So if they can get them extended, that twenty. Point eight million would not be there for dead money. It would actually pretty much. I'm confident they could get the three players have a combined cap number of that around there, or maybe a little bit more, but not not a lot more. Yeah, I mean it, it'll be interesting too because they have the if Brock Purdy is the guy who they think he is, that it will yeah. eventually come down the line as well. For now, they're enjoying him being one of the cheapest quarterback uh, contracts in all of the league. But, Jason, thank you so much for for joining us today and answering these questions. Always appreciate it. You're one of the smartest in the game when it comes to 49ers cap, so always appreciate your insight. Thank you, Steph, and thank you, Rob. Have a great day, you guys. Right. You too. Bye, Jason. Oh, man. I mean, every time that, you know, Jason talks about – you know, in the future, their cap situation, I feel better because, you know, he mentioned a lot of fans think it's doom and gloom and it really, it it really isn't Um, the 49ers if they want to, and that's always a question, right? If they want to, you know, keep George Kittle around, which clearly they do based on them restructuring him. Um, But if they want to sign Brandon Ayuk to, to an extension and have a very expensive, you know, wide receiver room, they can. It's just a matter of like if they want to. So that's my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't, 
I'm not going to fret. A lot of stuff can change. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with certain players. How different are things now than they were a year ago? A year ago at this time, we were going into the season with Trey Lance as the starting quarterback, and he was the future. And Jimmy Garoppolo was sort of there, but the plan was that Jimmy never saw the field. Now we're here, and the starting quarterback makes even less money with Brock Purdy. So to try and predict where things are going to be a year from now, like this is the quote-unquote benefit of the Super Bowl window. I don't have to think about next year. This year hasn't even started yet. Teams that are thinking about next year, that's Carolina. That's Houston. You know, that's the Rams and the Cardinals. This is not where we are. We don't have to do that. That's the luxury of the Super Bowl season. And Nick here asks, so why do you guys believe they restructured Trent Kittle, midseason move, Ayuk, or Bosa up front? I mean, I, I do feel like it gives them flexibility to um, have that money into the season. I mean, that's always a good thing. And if you don't use it this year, it goes into next year. So it's it's not a bad thing to have money to play with. Um, it could be that, you know, they want to upload or upfront uh, Nick Bosa's contract a bit, um, as Jason suggested. Uh, so until we see the actual details and the structure of Nick Bosa's contract, we don't really know. Um, but I do know the 49ers do also. He's not on the 53 yet, Nick Bosa. So in order to fit whatever he's going to be making this year, they I think they did have to make some room anyway. So that could be part of it. Um and yeah, we'll see who the 49ers cut from the 53 in order to make room for Nick Bosa. Of course, I'm sure they already had someone in mind, you know, when they made the 53, expecting that Bosa would at some point come around. My question is, what changed in the last 24, 48 hours? I mean, there was a report yesterday. I, I want to say it was from Diana Rossini who said that the sides mm-hmm. are not close. And then hours later, they had a deal maybe is what the 49ers said. Like, look, we'll give you more money up front this year. We got to talk to Kittle. We got to talk to Trent about restructuring, but maybe is that the thing that sort of pushed it over the edge? Maybe they're just giving him a massive amount of money. I mean, he's already getting the 50 million signing bonus. So I don't know, you know what the difference is. That's why I'm fascinated to see the structure of this deal, but I want to know, no one asked Kyle and he claimed he didn't, wasn't in the negotiations. Okay, whatever. But I, I wish Lynch or Parag or somebody would tell us what was the thing that finally pushed this thing over the edge. I'm sure as soon as John Lynch gets in front of the camera and the media again, there will be those questions. <laughs> Maybe unless it's like Tim Ryan and Greg Papa, we may never know because they don't mm-hmm. they don't ask those things. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it it begs the question. But I think ultimately all the pressure was on the 49ers to get this done. And going into week one, I'm sure they can sense that the vibes were off. Like, yes, we as fans felt it, but I'm sure in the locker room, again, as Trent Williams mentioned, it was hanging over their heads. I'm sure it was hanging over John Lynch and Parag's heads as well. The pressure was all on them. And I I think they knew if, if they went into that game on Sunday without Nick and let's say they lost, there's also that potential that Nick's like, all right, well, I'm going to ask for a little bit more. Like there, there's so much writing on the 49ers getting this done before Sunday. And so I think it was, that's all it was, honestly. And I, I know that, yes, it's done now. We're all happy, but you could still critique the fact that, hey, you waited this long to get him in the building to get this done when you, you pretty much gave him what he wanted the entire time. So why couldn't you get this done sooner is the question some people are asking. 
And I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I read an article from, oh, shoot, I can't remember if it was Eric Branch or Barrows or who it was from. And I apologize for that because I do like to give people credit. But the article was basically laying out a timeline of the negotiations with Nick Bosa. And according to what was in the article, they didn't really get going behind the scenes and approach Nick Bosa's team about this until the middle of August. I think it was like August 14th or something like that. That's stunning to me. Like, just don't wait this long. You can hammer these things out sooner so that we're not in a situation where Nick Bosa has had no preseason, no training camp, and he's four days away from regular season week one. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's true or not. If it is, I do have to wonder if, like, the whole thing with Trey Lance and them, you know, really working hard to – you know, trade him away, kind of distracted the front office a little bit. Certainly at least John Lynch, I'm sure was involved in that quite a bit. Um, one of the comments here from Technic Chic, I think I said that right. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, Cheryl Bosa was on 95.7 the game and she talked about how she was happy that the Niners kept the negotiations to only those who needed to know and not the media, unlike the Chargers and Joey Bosa. So um, may- maybe they did keep it private. Maybe those things weren't true. I don't know. I guess the point is, I mean, it's done. We're happy about it. Let's talk about the vibes now because the (laughs) vibes, the vibes going into this game, I think are immaculate. And, and speaking of uh, Cheryl Bosa, Nick, Nick and Joey's mom, again, on 95.7, the game, she said, physically, he's a specimen. He's in better shape than he's ever been in his life. He's faster than he was. He's stronger than he was last year. If you can imagine, that's all fact. She also mentioned that he would eat like 10 eggs every morning um, that she would cook him uh, for breakfast. So he he's in shape. I mean, has your mother ever called you a specimen, Rob? No, she's called me a lot of things. Specimen is not one of those. No. I mean, look, that's cool. But like, it's Nick Bosa's mom. If your mom is not going to hype you up, like who will? So let's, you know, let's just wait until it gets on the field. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, (laughs) Based on what I can see, he definitely didn't have a beer belly, though, which means that he's definitely going to be playing on Sunday. And that's huge. I mean, the 49ers moved from two to 2.5 point favorites after Bosa ended his holdout. Um, I'm actually surprised that without Bosa, it was at two to begin with. But clearly, obviously, they're going to be favored with Bosa in there. So just just an example of how the vibes have just gone through the roof since he's, you know, been in the well, he's not in the building yet. But since this was announced and not just Nick Bosa, right, there's there other news that we got that would seem to indicate that, okay, things are starting to go right leading up to this game. Uh, We were worried about George Kittle. Um, he was limited in practice. Ray Ray McLeod, he was limited in practice. He's fully cleared now, but of, of course they want to be cautious with, with him. Oren Burks, he was limited to Sean Gibson, Hufunga, Jordan Mason, even Jake Moody. So it seems like all of those guys are trending in the right direction to play. And it seems like everything really is starting to come together at the right time. Yes, please. Like, can we have some of that? Let's get some. It's week one. I would hope everybody is ready to go. And yeah, Shanahan said that Ray Ray is is definitely possible, which would be good. He knows Pittsburgh. Obviously, he played there for, you know, a few years. He's clearly the best returner they have. Um, 
So I, I really like that aspect of it. I'm a little more worried about Moody because it's raining in Pittsburgh, or at least it was earlier today. And it's the forecast could be rain on Sunday, which like, can we get a week one game without a monsoon? <laughs> but yeah, right. Pittsburgh's tough enough to kick in as it is. You give me a muddy, yes. wet field. First of all, smash the under. Second of all, it could be a dicey situation. So you want your veteran returner there. And uh, hopefully Jake Moody's just going to have to overcome. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I would be fine with them even, you know, resting. Okay, not resting, but, you know, maybe taking it easy for Moody in this game. And if they get into those situations where they're close, uh, you know, to the field goal range, maybe just go for it on fourth. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overreacting, but I, I would kind of hope that they don't put the game in Jake Moody's hands. I don't know if they could afford that in uh-huh. this one, although it is going to be a tough, low-scoring game, you know, to your point. And, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just happy. It seems like they're going to be full squad. They need that. We know how important this game is. Yes, it's week one. Let's not overreact. But, f- again, for a team – who has aspirations to be in the Super Bowl? This week one game, every single game is huge. If you want to get that number one seed, you can argue that the 49ers starting slow last year is what kept them out of getting the number one seed then. So they need to be on point this time. And I really feel like this shot of adrenaline that they got from yesterday could carry them into this game. And I'm liking that for this team. I will say that. I agree with the vibes and where they were. Um, But I do like that with Brock, like Brock's almost like his own vibes. Like, you know, when he gets out there on the field, he's going to come with the swag. He's going to be high stepping or pounding his chest after a scoring drive. Like that's not something the 49ers have had. Jimmy Garoppolo was not really that way. He was liked among his teammates, but he didn't like, he didn't have that kind of like confidence that just like Brock just, exudes confidence all the time. So I think that would have helped even if Bosa wasn't there. But now the fact that he is there, like turn it up to 11. So interesting enough, and I'm not, I'm not going to post the video, but Pat McAfee is on right now and he has Adam Schefter on. And I'm just reading the, the quote that he has in the tweet from Adam Schefter, the 49ers and Nick Bosa thought they were far apart from getting the deal done yesterday. I think in the end, Nick Bosa wanted to be there for his team and he wanted to get this done. That kind of sounds like Nick Bosa maybe settled, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I should listen to the whole clip, but that's what it sounds like to me. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't trust anything at this point, right? So Because the <laughs> deal is done. So everybody, all the acrimony, it's all over with now, right? Now I feel like everybody's trying to make everybody else look good. We're trying to make Bosa look good because he's taking less. We're trying to make the 49ers look good because they won the negotiation. Like, whatever. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true. All I know is 97 is going to be out there on the field in Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. And But going back to Brock Purdy, um, yeah, I, and nothing phases him. And that, I think, is going to be huge for this team. And based on what we saw in the preseason, it wasn't much. But it looked like he was ready to pretty much pick back up where he had left off, you know, last season. Right. And I think that's really good for this team. We didn't even have Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams in those preseason games, really when, when Brock Purdy was out there. So we can expect that it will be even better. I know that this Steelers defensive line, you know, the back end to Minka Fitzpatrick, that's going to be a tough matchup, but 
I'm, I don't know, man. Am I just like, am I blinded by the vibes now that I feel, (laughs) I feel so much like it, it is insane how much better I feel about this game already. You're blinded by the vibes. Is that a song? The, the last time I sing on the program. Um, Is that a real song? I, well, yeah, you know, blinded by the light. It was, you oh, know, it was, okay. a, it was a take on that. Um, I, I don't know. Look, the 49ers are set up to beat to be the best team in the league, right? So, in order to be the best team in the league, you got to be able to beat the good teams. The Steelers, we think, are going to be a good team. I also want to see the Steelers kind of prove it a little bit because I think Mike Tomlin gets a lot of flowers just because he doesn't finish with a losing record. It's been a long time since Mike Tomlin's team won a playoff game. Okay. The 49ers have been winning playoff games three out of the last four years. They've been in the NFC championship game. So I get that they have a good defense and I Tomlin is a good coach, but maybe the Steelers aren't the big bad wolf that we think they are. Mm, I don't know. Okay. So the thing with this game and it being in week one, because if it was later in the year, I think I'd feel a lot better about it, but it being week one and Eric Armstead mentioned this in his like new new podcast that he has this year. He he said that um, it it week one is tough because it's a crapshoot basically, and it's really about who makes the least amount of mistakes. And I don't know, just based on what we've seen from the 49ers and their slow starts historically getting into that mode of like not making silly mistakes kind of takes them a bit or it has in the past. Right. Whereas I feel like the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, they're very well coached, very well disciplined. Not that the 49ers are not well coached, but it it takes them some time in the contrary. So I, I do feel like if that's the difference in week one, then I don't know. It could be the difference in this game. The 49ers just need to come out and play discipline as well. So I actually didn't know this. Uh, somebody in the chat yesterday of one of the shows I did brought this up. The Steelers started two and six last year. And in 2021, they started one and three. So they have not exactly come storming out of the gates themselves. So again, that's why like they're the Steelers. Yes, I know. But Maybe I'm just saying maybe, right? Maybe they're not the big bad wolf. Kenny Pickett has more interceptions and touchdowns in his career. Everybody thinks he's going to make a big jump and maybe he will. Will he be able to make that big jump week one against the 49ers? I don't know. Let me ask you this. You think the, are you more worried about the Steelers or you think Steelers fans are more worried about us? I think Steeler fans, after hearing about Nick Bosa playing in this game, they're probably more worried because I think they were they were really excited that Bosa was not going to be playing, and they probably felt really good about the matchup. I can't blame them for that, right? Like I, I think that's just natural. And us, on the other hand, kind of thinking the same thing, but the opposite, right? Because we're like, okay, Nick Bosa's back. He might not even play 100% of the snaps, but we're like, hey, that's the difference in this game, and we feel really good about it suddenly could literally be one play. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year against the Seahawks. Bosa, the Seahawks are driving down the field to to tie the game in the third quarter. And Bosa forces Geno Smith to step up. He steps into Charles Amenahu, who strips the ball, and Bosa recovers it. And then the Niners blew their doors off from that point on. That's one play, right? We don't need Bosa to play every snap. But the fact that he's going to potentially be out there and, and the fact that he shifts, or I don't want to say shifts. I don't know what the right word is, but 
he changes things. Just his presence yeah. by being out there alone alters things and forces the Steelers to have to adjust to him. And that's obviously a good thing for the Niners. Yeah, yeah. Look, going back to Brock Purdy and his leadership, mm-hmm. he's a captain this year, as is Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel uh, made the cut this year as well. Um, do you have any thoughts on like Nick Bosa not becoming a captain this year? I know, you know, it was fair for him to not be voted. He wasn't in the building, you know, I'm sure the players voted on who was there. Uh, but I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't think to maybe add Bosa after the fact, because in that presser yesterday, when Kyle Shanahan announced who was going to be the captains, he could have said, yeah, we, we plan to have Nick as a, you know, a captain as well, being that he was uh, a captain just a year ago. And they've had seven captains in the past. They had seven in 2021. They had seven in 2020. So it's not even like a crazy thing. Um, I don't have a a whole lot to say on the captains. To me, the captain thing is like, it only matters if you screw it up. And I, it was a big deal for me last year when Trey Lance wasn't a captain, because not only was your quarterback, not a captain, which the quarterback is the captain on almost every team, because that position is a captain by default, but also because the Niners inexplicably went from seven captains the previous two years to six in 2022. And Kyle Shanahan told us that Trey Lance was seven on the list. So they expressly took it away from Trey. To me, that was a sign that they did not believe in him. Even with six captains this year, Brock was named a captain. So the Niners have not done to Brock what they did to Trey, which is good. Maybe they're learning from their mistakes. This is what you should do with a young quarterback that you really do believe in. Everything is there for Brock. He's the captain of the team. He clearly has the support of the organization. He has the support of the locker room. He has the playmakers around him to be in a great spot. He's got a great play caller. It is all on the table for Brock Purdy to lead this team, hopefully to a championship. And now we just have to see if he's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely capable, in my opinion. A couple of things on Brock Purdy going into this game. He has the opportunity to set a couple of records. Shout out to Jordan Elliott for pointing these out. Uh, So if he gets at least two touchdown passes and a win on Sunday, he would become the first quarterback in NFL history to win each of his first six career regular season starts and throw at least two touchdown passes in each start. So that's one of the records he can break, potentially. Um, And then the other one is uh, if he has a passer rating of 95 or higher in this game, um, he would be the first quarterback to do that in each of his first six career regular season starts. What, what are your, like, do you think that he can, he can have at least two touchdown passes on Sunday? I think he can. I wouldn't expect much more than that. Just because I do think the Steelers defense is pretty good. Um, but there's no reason why he can't. I mean, anybody he dumps the ball off to, right? We always say, like, what does Brock do? He, he gets it out of his hands. Well, no matter who he gets it out of his hands to, it's going to an all-pro, pretty much. Unless it's Ayuk, which that's not the worst thing in the world either. McCaffrey, all-pro. Kittle, all-pro. Debo, all-pro. So literally every pass, even the dump-offs, yeah. it, it has the potential for massive, massive plays. So there's no reason why he can't throw at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think is the X factor in this game? Is it Brock? Is it someone else? Like maybe like a dark horse candidate? It's a good question. 
I almost think it's Javon Hargrave because really? I think if the Niners, if they could slow the Steelers down in the ground, yeah. like that's how the Niners are built to beat you. They're built to shut down your running game. They're built to get a lead on offense. And then they just keep seven in coverage and maul you with the defensive line. But that whole plan is contingent upon stopping the run. We know the Steelers want to run with Najee Harris. I'm sure they would like to make life easier on Kenny Pickett by running the ball. So to me, that's step one. Stop the running game and everything will flow from that. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, That is a huge part. And I talked about it in another podcast as well. I'm going to go in a different direction. I think the X factor in this game might be Debo Samuel. And I think because like any other defense, you're going to have to be really focused on what Christian McCaffrey's doing based on what he did last year on this team. I do feel like the 49ers are going to want to dial back some of the volume for Christian McCaffrey this year, that going along with Debo Samuel, you know, putting a lot of work this off season, he was disappointed in last year. He's going to come out, I think, and, you know, just be a different player, maybe closer to the player that we saw in 2021. I'm not saying he has that same production. I'm just saying, that's the type of, uh, you know, play and how dynamic he could be on the field. Um, so I, I think it could be Debo just because I think the Steelers defense might have to account for some other guys and maybe forget that <laughs> that Debo is just as dangerous on the field as Christian McCaffrey. And so I think uh, Kyle's going to want to use that to his advantage in this one. I think that there may be an element with Debo from other defensive coordinators being like, oh, yeah, okay, skinny Debo this year. Let's see it. Before I go shifting my entire defense to deal with you, let's see you be the same dynamic player that you were a couple years ago. Because until then, they may say, we're going to stop McCaffrey. And if we have to deal with Debo, we'll deal with it. Exactly. I think based on what Debo showed last year, which it was still good, I mean – if you look at the stats, like it, it shows that it was still pretty good, but clearly not to his standards, definitely not to the, to the 2021 standards. So, yeah, if the Steelers overlook that, watch out because Debo may get that opportunity. Here's here's one aspect on you know Steve Wilkes and I, me feeling that he's he was going to blitz a lot if Nick Bosa wasn't there, but I think mm-hmm. just like naturally he's inclined to want to blitz. Um, So on Kenny Pickett, and shout out to John Chapman for tweeting this, he's had more interceptions, nine, than touchdowns, seven, last year. Oh, wait, I think I missed some of that tweet. But all nine interceptions came versus four-man pressures, and he threw zero versus blitzes. So the blitz might not be as effective against Kenny Pickett do do you think we still see, you know, Wilkes dial in the blitz a little bit? And is that actually counterproductive in this case? I think we'll see some of it. I agree that now that Bosa's in the fold, he's not going to have to blitz as much. But I think part of that picket stat is just basically young quarterbacks, especially the guys that are coming into the league now, I think can handle a blitz. Like the rule with the blitz is you throw replace the blitz essentially if the nickel corner blitzes then you throw to where the nickel corner was I think in some ways it's easier for quarterbacks to deal with that if you look at Brock Purdy last year for example he was second in the NFL in QBR against the blitz it was 86 I think some of it is because like it almost simplifies things whereas if you've got to decipher coverage that may be trickier so I think you'll see some blitzing but I think the Niners will say let's go in zone 
the Steelers have good receivers. We'll go zone coverage. We'll get pressure with our four. And let's see if Kenny Pickett, you know, if we can't trick him or pressure him into some mistakes here with some of our guys kind of waiting back in zone coverage. Yeah, I think that would be the the wise way to approach it. And of course, we know that the secondary is probably primed for some improvements under Steve Wilkes. So trust those guys to make those plays on the back end. And, you know, if they can stop the Steelers offense from being balanced and if they can stop the run, that right there, like you said, that's the first step to making this Steelers offense one-dimensional and putting a little more pressure on Kenny Pickett just with that alone, because um, he's going to have to potentially, you know, carry the the Steelers and that offense. So is he ready for that? I think that's something the 49ers are just going to have to try to force him to see if he could do that. And I don't think he can. Maybe he can against some teams. I don't think he can. Like, I, I know they're hyping him up and talking him up and OK, but you're talking about one of the top what I think is going to be five defenses in the league against the guy that's just coming into his second year that wasn't, you know, he's, we're not talking about Andrew Luck here coming out of college. I just, let's see it. I want to see little tiny baby hands Kenny Pickett beat this 49ers defense. And if I'm Steve Wilkes, that's no. my plan going in. He brought up the hands. <laughs> I'm sorry. They are what they are. I didn't, they, <laughs> they measure them at the combine. I'm not saying anything that's not true. You know, that maybe, maybe we see like a fumble, you know, in, in this one, Nick could be raining. Could, could be raining. Yeah. Those small hands might not be able to hold the ball all that well. So <laughs> watch out. Team, huh? <laughs> watch out. I think, okay. Going back to the X factor, because this just like sprung into my mind, maybe, maybe Drake Jackson, you know, because what I like to see from Drake Jackson, he's very active at the line of scrimmage. He always has his hands up. Again, I think the Steelers offensive line is going to be focused on Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa. You have to, right? I mean, they're, they're a big enough distraction that it can open things up for Drake Jackson. And anytime the ball is thrown in his direction, he's going to be jumping up. He's going to have his hands up. Maybe he could get a pick six. Who knows? Don't you think it's a little weird, though, that when you're talking about Drake Jackson, you're talking about him as a pass defender? It's like St. Elmo's is a steakhouse, yet they're known for their cocktail sauce. Like, shouldn't you be known for steak? You know, how about Drake Jackson just gets a bunch of sacks? OK, how about that? Okay, like, but one thing at a time, Rob, you know, he'll get there. He'll get there. I I think he's going to take uh, another step this year. I do feel like having Nick Bosa there on the other end is imperative to him taking that next step because it will make the job ideally a little bit easier for him to get to the quarterback. But, you know, based on some of the work he did this off season, I'm optimistic that he, you know, looks the part this year getting after the quarterback. He certainly looks remarkably different physically. Like he just looks like a different person. He talked about how last year he didn't really put in the work on his body that you need to as an NFL player. So I think he'll just be in much better shape and that will help. But, you know, just talking with Jack Hammer and his sort of takeaway was he doesn't have like pass rush moves. He, he just doesn't really have yeah. them right He's now. He's so raw. So maybe he can get them. I mean, I would have loved if he could have worked a whole year with Nick Bosa, who's got every freaking move you could possibly want and is known as someone who technically is very, very sound. Um, obviously that didn't happen because Bosa was holding out, but I don't know. I just, I 
I'm trying to temper my Drake Jackson expectations. That's fair. I think part of it too, like you mentioned Nick Bosa not being there in the offseason, I think kind of robbed a couple of guys of sharpening their skill sets a little bit. Drake Jackson, one of them. Other guy I'm thinking of, Colton McKivitz. I mean, he's going to go into this game lining up against TJ Watt a good amount of time, and we don't know if he's ready for that challenge quite yet. We're going to find out real soon, but we know that TJ Watt is in a similar tier to Nick Bosa, and so that's going to be a really big challenge for him in his first week. Like, I'm I'm sure the overreactions over his performance, good or bad, <laughs> you know – the fans are going to be all over it no matter how he does in this game. I like that Brock has a little bit of mobility so that even if Colton McKivitt does get he beat needs a it, he times, needs it. Yeah, he's going to need it, but he doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to stonewall TJ Watt. Just don't be a train wreck, right? Don't get beat immediately right off yeah. the snap. Like sometimes we would see with Mike McGlinchey where he's cooked like after one step. Just hold your own, hold your own. If you give up a sack, okay, like I'm sure TJ Watt will probably have at least a sack. That's not the end of the world. Just don't be a complete liability. Just don't be in the big spots of the game, the guy that gets beat. And, and you know, you got to hope for at the best. You can't have an all pro at every position as much as we'd like to. Yeah. Very true. Gammon, uh, shout out for the super chat here. He says, Steph, your microphone is at such an aggressive gangster angle. (laughs) Do you rap and yell at the mic off stream? What would the title of your first album be? That is so funny. For one, I don't know what you mean by aggressive gangster angle with my microphone. Like, just to show you guys, like, is this the, is this scream aggressive to you, Rob? Well, it's kind of like, you know, you, you know, it's like, you can hold the gun, right? You can hold the gun like regular, or you could, if you're a badass, you tilt it to the side. Look so at that's my, mic. What my That's what my mic is doing right now. It's doing yeah. the little, okay. Thanks. They're like, yeah, I got the mic. Look, it's in like a regular position. Yours is yeah. off to the side. It's, you know, it's badass. <laughs> you're a badass. Steph. Okay. Okay. That, that's fair. You know, funny enough, uh, you ask about rap. I, I used to make music. I, I used to rap. Um, and, you could probably find that stuff on Spotify still under Strag S T R A G, if you're curious. So yeah, I do have oh. little EPs on there you could check out, but that's neither here nor there. Um, also, you guys, in case you didn't see, uh, I I put out a new Nick Bosa impersonation video because everyone asked me for it. Like literally, as soon as the news dropped of this extension, everyone's like. Can't wait to see the like it's it's so funny to me that that is your guys's like first reaction to uh, Nick Bosa getting his extension. And also when he had that video um, of him after he touched down in in Santa Clara or San Jose, uh, everyone was like mentioning me on it and said, you got to do this one. So luckily I waited till this morning to, to actually put out the video and I was able to squeeze that one in there. So make sure you guys check that out on uh TikTok, Instagram, you know, Twitter, Steph 49 K is a username, but uh, Rob, this has been fun. We did get like a, a really good um, recommendation for our show name that I liked Steph and stats. Like, why didn't I think of that? It's so simple, but it just works. Alliteration always works, man. I'm I'm down for that. Although I know what I'm doing the rest of the day. I'm flying to Spotify to look up these songs. I must hear it. And I, by the way, I saw the impression. As always, it is 100% on point. I retweeted it. 
Uh, I almost put it in the live stream that I did with Levin, but I didn't want to because I want you to get those views and those profile views oh, on your socials. Appreciate so, it. Thank you. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have because it was fantastic. I bet you that John Lynch has seen it. You he knows so? you. You've done. I know, he's, I know he has seen some of them, but I don't know if he like tunes into all of them, you know? I would on yesterday on a day like that <laughs> when everyone's talking and cheering about Nick Bosa. And now that you dropped that, did you drop it last night or early in the no, morning? It was, it was this morning. It was this morning. Yeah. I still think he probably, somebody's probably showing it to him. Peter showed it to him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to manifest meeting Nick Bosa this year. So hopefully we can, John set it up. All right. So <laughs> All right. Up, <laughs> set it up, John. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. We're going to be doing these me and Rob Steph and stats every Thursday. All right. We'll, we'll have a time nailed down at some point, but make sure you guys tune in for that next Thursday. And I'll be live tomorrow as well. Previewing the Steelers week one matchup. Like this video, subscribe, make sure you guys are subscribed to the gold standard network podcasts on youtube uh that's where rob does all his channels we do the bully ball uh with jay on tuesday so make sure you guys are tuned into that but for now have a good rest of your thursday folks peace